It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Please forgive me. I can't help but repeat the following quote from one whom I have always revered. Henry David Thoreau, as what he stated so long ago is so shockingly true at this most critical crossroad of human existence. Thoreau said this over a century and a half ago, Thank God men cannot fly, as they would lay waste to the sky, as they have done to the earth. And so it is. I have a major and alarming announcement. Geoengineeringwatch.org has now conclusively confirmed our precipitation, liquid and frozen, contains graphene nanoparticulates. Here is the exact statement from the scientist that directed the testing. He is a PhD researcher at a major institution and has worked with geoengineeringwatch.org for a number of years. He said this, quote, I have now confirmed by spectroscopy analysis that rainfall and snow are both contaminated with graphene. Recognized science methodology was meticulously followed. A total of three samples were tested, one collected in June, one in July, and one in August of 2021. Two snow samples were collected and tested, one in December of 2021, one in January of 2022. Spectrometry analysis allowed us to detect graphene nanomaterial in the samples. He then states, we have in the past confirmed the presence of surfactants in rain and snow a factor that geoengineeringwatch.org has tried to bring to light for so very long. Surfactants that are creating what amounts to soap-soaked snow in the chemical ice-nucleated cool-downs that are now a core part of the climate engineering operations. All that is an excerpt from the written statement our scientist colleague sent me on the letterhead of the institution he is employed by with his signature. He finishes with this in his words, I would like to offer that I am not suicidal, nor would I ever take my own life because of the insanity of others. His written message continues with this, should I be found suicided, know and speak up that this is not true, and I would never have done that. I live with peace within myself, he states, and love for those around me with no fear of what is yet to come in the near future. Final excerpt from his message to me. My very best to you and your family. And hold tight, because as you always say, we have gone through the guardrails and are very near the bottom of the precipice. Again, I have this letter in my possession, but do not intend to disclose his identity for very obvious reasons. Not at this time. If you don't know what graphene is, and thus how toxic it is, please take the time to dig deep on this subject. Now... Add aluminum nanoparticles, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, the list goes on. And then there is the industrialized pollution on top of it all. From 100 million barrels of hydrocarbon that is consumed every single day by the human race. Search this title, geoengineeringwatch.org graphene skies to start with. Geoengineering Watch has already identified graphene being pushed by the science community as an artificial ice nucleating element to be used in weather modification operations, the consequences of which are, of course, never considered. Or are they? Are the consequences to populations perhaps considered a plus? You decide. And while doing so, remember and consider that global power structures know that the planet's collapsing life support systems can no longer support populations. And to those that I'm certain to hear from about the comment I just made regarding populations, I encourage you to do objective research on exactly how much functional habitat it takes to sustain a single human being. Key phrase, functional habitat, not elbow room. Some try again and again to point out to me that the entire world population could fit into the boundary of Texas with a wee bit of space to walk around in. 
I answer, it's not about how many humans can fit on the land masses of the planet. It's about how many humans the planet's last remaining habitat can support. And that equation is getting worse by the day. With all that in mind, question, what should we, what must we expect the global controllers to do? And in how many ways? Again, I'll leave that to the listener to decide. But intentional or not, the complete contamination of the entire biosphere has been ongoing for decades. The damage is now going exponential. For those that look up and try to convince themselves that the long, lingering, and expanding trails being emitted from so many jet aircraft are just condensation, such denial won't alter what is being inhaled in every breath we take and absorbed by the entire web of life. And now we know we have graphene in the mix as well. The entire web of life is dying. The climate system is broken. The planet is free falling into total meltdown and collapse. On that note of good cheer, you're listening to the weekly installment of the non-political, commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, the Bad News Broadcast. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Is it all doom and gloom on the wider horizon? Short answer, yes. It's called reality. And if more don't muster the courage to face it, the story will end. Badly. And soon. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. This is the 340th consecutive weekly installment of this broadcast, February 12th, 2022. And for the record, I wish to express my deepest gratitude to all those that are marching with us in this all-important battle for everything that matters. To all those that have summoned the courage to stand and be counted no matter how great the challenges we collectively face. Moving on. Almost none yet comprehend what's coming. And to clarify, when I say coming, I don't mean off over the horizon somewhere or just over the next ridge. It's kicking in the front door right now. All the so-called science articles from the so-called climate science community. And again, I have great respect for science, real science, science that's about discovery, disclosure, debate, but not the sort of power structure paid for institutionalized so-called science that is simply scientists being paid to say whatever they're told to say. And that's the kind of science we have now. Again, our troubles are not off over the horizon. They are here now. The tidal wave is looming over our collective heads. On that note, let's cover the disintegrating ozone layer. Last week, I got an update from a NASA contract engineer that meters UV radiation for geoengineeringwatch.org with state-of-the-art equipment which we purchased and supplied to him. Here it is. The amount of UVC radiation now reaching the surface of the planet is escalating so radically that based on mathematical calculation on the current trajectory, total ozone layer collapse is now likely two to three years away. Game over. For those that don't know what UVC is, the levels of UV radiation, UVA, UVB, UVC, and then X-ray. The farther you go down on that spectrum, the worse it gets. UVC is a DNA-damaging spectrum of UV radiation. We are officially told that it has stopped 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere. That is a blatant, glaring lie. It is on the surface now. What's the single greatest source of damage to Earth's remaining ozone layer? Climate engineering operations and all that they encompass, which includes radio frequency microwave transmissions to manipulate the air masses that are saturated with the highly toxic electrically conductive particles like graphene, which I outlined at the beginning of this broadcast. Again, I implore everyone to search graphene toxicity and consider that you are likely inhaling some portion of graphene nanoparticles with every breath you take combined with aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers. And although all of these elements are highly toxic in and of themselves, when you combine them, you end up with synergistic toxicity. The overall toxicity can then increase by hundreds or even thousands of times that bad. Should any of this come as any surprise whatsoever? Yes, about the disintegrating ozone layer, one could hide in their home, and many may if the planet's not completely scorched rock by then. Many could stay out of the sun in their homes, but no more food can be grown, no more plankton. Thus the world's oceans will be dead. 
massive dead zones with no fish, will have no crops on land, no food, again, game over. Geoengineeringwatch.org was the first platform to publicly post and announce that based on our ongoing metering efforts, it was clear ozone layer collapse was well underway. Geoengineeringwatch was the first to announce that already high and rapidly increasing UVC radiation was bombarding Earth's surface, killing flora, killing insects, killing plankton, again, and ultimately killing us. That insect population, by the way, for those that don't know, globally. And we announced this as well. We were the first major source to announce the collapse of terrestrial and aquatic insects. Years before the science community actually had to admit to it, we stated that in Northern California alone, the terrestrial insect populations had declined 80 to 90%. Search insect apocalypse online, and you'll see that the science community has had to admit to this because they can't hide it any longer. Geoengineeringwatch.org made the announcement on the collapsing ozone layer in 2014. We announced our UV metering readings, including UVC. Our website was almost immediately attacked and was taken down eight times over the next three days. We took extreme and expensive security measures, and our site was then kept online. But ultimately, I believe that those in power soon realized that almost no one cares, or at least wants to know. In fact, the vast majority would rather not know. How sad and how true that is. I remember with crystal clarity where I was and what I was doing when I knew with certainty that UV levels were off the charts, that something was radically wrong. The sun was literally burning my exposed arm through an open window. I was operating a D5 Caterpillar bulldozer with the cab window open across the side of a south-facing brush-choked ridge, undergrowth that was a direct result of destructive logging in the past that had decimated the former forest canopy and allowed this understory of brush to explode. I was making a path for the forest inhabitants so they, the deer, the bears, the foxes, bobcats, cougars, and the rest could make their way through the forest with far less effort, which is essential for their survival. My forest friends, what's left of them, use every bit of the many miles of paths that I have built in the habitat preserve around my Northern California forested home. But back to the UV that was burning my arm. I knew I had to conduct metering, so I did. With the help of a former government metering scientist and now from a former NASA contract engineer, Geoengineering Watch has been metering for nearly a decade, and the readings have gotten steadily worse. Intense UV radiation is literally frying the Cambrian layer off of many species of trees, from the trunk of the tree to the tips of the tallest branches. The tree crowns are shrinking rapidly. Many dead branches are the result, and there are often new shoots springing from the thickest and thus most insulated part of the tree trunk as the trees try to survive the intense UV radiation. I'll get to breaking headlines in a moment, but please first forgive me for this very short rant that's far more than appropriate. The insane are absolutely running the asylum, and the majority of the planet's inhabitants have so far been all too willing to go along. Again, as I've stated so many times, those in power could not do what they do without the active or passive participation of the majority population. How much deductive reasoning does it take to look up and determine that something is wrong when one sees an aircraft leaving a trail from horizon to horizon in the same airspace with a comparable aircraft that's leaving virtually nothing behind it. How hard is it to decipher that something is being sprayed behind heavy aircraft that may leave a long spreading, lingering dispersion clear across the sky that sometimes instantly stops as if it was cut with a knife and the aircraft continues the rest of the way across the horizon leaving virtually nothing behind. How hard is it to go to geoengineeringwatch.org and view film footage of jet spraying taken at altitude from other aircraft, from behind the offending aircraft, turning their dispersions on and off. That is not condensation. If people don't believe what they see with their own eyes, it is because their programming and denial have overridden not only their common sense, but also their faculty of sight. There was a photo last week on the Bing search page of a forest coated with a completely unnatural layer of ice that was leaning over trees, breaking them, crushing and killing the flora and the fauna. And it's shown as if it's some beautiful, natural scene. Here's a quick rundown of the trees in Redding, California. Now in the middle of winter, 
There are many trees around the city of Reading that are still fully foliated with stone dead leaves hanging on the trees. This is not nature. As stated many times in this broadcast, after specific rains in the fall, clearly a defoliant is being used because many leaves on many species of deciduous trees turn stone dead within days after those rains, regardless of the temperatures. This is certainly an act by the climate engineers and their controllers to create the illusion of a change of season on a planet that's in total meltdown in which winters are increasingly disappearing short of the constant parade of chemically ice-nucleated surface cooldowns, most especially focused on the U.S. East Coast. I'll get to that shortly in this broadcast. But the trees around Reading, again, many still fully foliated with stone-dead leaves. Here we are in the middle of, quote, winter as we hit temperatures pushing 90 last week. And now we have trees with the dead leaves still hanging on them. And some of these trees still have green leaves from last year hanging on them. And now we have new leaves coming out. And we have certainly a lot blooming. We have a lot of orchards blooming in the California agricultural valleys. What's going to happen to those orchards when very likely later this year, they will create another surface cool down, which will decimate those trees trying to fruit because they haven't had enough dormancy time already. They're struggling already, radically. And now they will go through a radical temperature whiplash scenario, which will likely crush crop production. That is happening far too consistently to be simply an unintended consequence of climate engineering. It has to be, at this point, considered an intentional act by the weather terrorists to crush crops and thus further control populations. Again, as I've stated so many times, please, for those that haven't seen the YouTube post of this broadcast, go to geoengineeringwatch.org and watch at least the first 30 seconds of this broadcast, Global Alert News, under the recent top stories and radio sections, and you will see a video of former U.S. President Lyndon Johnson stating, like a raving lunatic, that he who controls the weather controls the world, and he affirmed that we then, in 1962, had the power to control the world's cloud layer. Thus, he who controls the weather controls the world because he also controls food production. We've seen it far too many times. I've mentioned on this broadcast far too many times. After 9-11, when former NATO Supreme Commander General Wesley Clark was given the list of target countries in the Middle East, all resource-rich countries that the empire needed resources from, a list of countries that clearly existed before 9-11 ever happened, and every single one of those countries subsequently underwent a once-in-1,000-year drought, destabilizing food production, destabilizing those countries, and making them much easier to topple and occupy, and that's exactly what the U.S. military juggernaut of insanity did. For those in the military, please understand, although I understand and appreciate your intentions of joining, an intention is not enough. You have to know what you're joining and what those who control this organization are actually about. You are serving empire at this point, not democracy, not freedom. Time to wake up, please. Because without you, without our U.S. military brothers and sisters fully waking up and facing the reality of what's unfolding and assisting their countrymen as they have taken an oath to do, without that, we have no chance. Zero. Keep that in mind. Let's switch gears for a moment. How many have seen the Chinese Olympics men's ski jump with an industrial wasteland in the background? The only frozen material anywhere to be seen is on the ski jump itself. The same scenario holds true for some of the other Chinese ski run locations. There's snow on the run itself, but the mountains are devoid of snow. Again, these same processes, artificial ice nucleation, this is what's being done to cloud cover. As I've encouraged many to do, search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. All mainstream media covered it, but now they pretend that it's just some sort of conspiracy theory. And those who use that term, I am so fed up with the fearful and the factless who use that term. The term of cowards. No investigation, just Parrot out what the power structure has trained you to say. Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist if you question the official narrative on any subject. Cowards. We live in societies full of them. Cowards and tyrants. And if you look even in other venues, like YouTube mountain biking videos, which I often 
try to take the time to watch with my son. And you see forests that are almost without exception, filled with dead and dying trees. Many are just burnt out forests with little sprouts coming out of some of the trees that do re-sprout at the bottom, with the dead former magnificent tree above. And people simply go on about their business as if there's nothing wrong. It's profound to me. It's absolutely astounding. The ambivalence of so many in our populations. How can they look the other way? I can't. I couldn't. I was absolutely content working in solitude in the forest, restoring habitat for years. I could and generally did conduct all aspects of this work myself, from running the dozer to running the brush grapple, the track machine, to pulled the brush out from underneath the canopy so that when I burnt it in very large controlled fires that I managed by myself, which the conditions then allowed for. Can't do it anymore. Conditions are far too harsh, far too volatile. But I conducted all of these operations, including the falling of trees that were horribly jackstrawed together, again, from completely destructive, irresponsible logging. But I couldn't stay there, even though it was the most satisfying time in my life in so many ways when when finished turning a completely decimated section of forest into something that looked more like a park in which the the game could freely move through and they did they were often around me i would have done this for the rest of my days and planting trees in the open areas that were created so the forest could rejuvenate but knowing what was happening in the skies above and knowing that these operations were literally killing the forest how could I remain there, knowing what I knew? What would be the point? If I truly love the forest, and I do, and I always will, I had an obligation to do everything I could to fight the battle I've been fighting for the last 20 years, and I will continue to fight until my last breath. In regard to those that are fighting at this point, this headline, Canadian trucker protest spreads to Second City threatening U.S. auto industrial lifeline. From that report, the Canadian protest, which began after the government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau required truckers to receive the coronavirus vaccine beginning January 15th, represents the, just the latest obstacle, they say, for the industrial supply chains that have struggled amid the pandemic. The report then states new car dealers in the United States have far fewer vehicles in stock than normal, leaving consumers facing high prices and long delays in obtaining their preferred models. Question. How many in the ranks of the human race remain completely clueless and are still, even at this late hour, focused on only their personal pursuits of pleasure and material acquisition, even with the planet's life support systems collapsing from every conceivable direction, and even with global power structures tightening the noose, and they most certainly are. Look up. We are absolutely living in a worldwide asylum, the consequences of which are manifesting every single day to a degree that very few are yet willing to even try to comprehend. And this is what many are worried about. They can't quite find the exact new car they were looking for. I don't have the words for our species. I truly don't. For so many. And I'm not labeling everyone. I'm truly not. But consider that even now, with the human race on the precipice of near-term extinction, the Matrix is still pushing the crumbling delusion of the so-called American dream on populations, and the majority are still gulping down the Kool-Aid. In fact, it was a film with that exact title that launched me into the last two-plus decades of this battle, Earth and the American Dream. I remember that moment I've shared on this broadcast before when I walked by a widescreen TV and that documentary had started and I was absolutely riveted. I stopped everything I was doing and watched for some 70 minutes, frozen, motionless, moved to the marrow. I encourage anyone who can find that film to view it with no distractions. You'll understand. A final note on the truckers, in whatever country they may be in, for those that are trying to stand up to the insanity, not surprisingly, the power structure controlled corporate media is demonizing the peaceful truckers' protest in any way they can. How many have their heads buried in the sand?
Unfolding biosphere collapse will very soon cure that malady. Heads are about to be ripped from the sand. Wait and see. From the Washington Post, dangerously hot conditions prompt rare February heat warning in Los Angeles. It's not just rare. I grew up in Southern California, in the small capital of the world, in Upland, California, and I couldn't wait to get out of it. It's part of what made me the way I am. My perplexed observations of the so-called adults that weren't alarmed about living in pollution that was often so thick it was like fog. They would cancel recess, cancel baseball games, and you couldn't breathe by the end of the day, and that was considered normal. And as I've shared in this broadcast, I remember so clearly an epiphany, 11 years old, on a baseball field, choking on smog, and looking at all the adults around me, none of whom were alarmed at all, which alarmed me to the core, and why wouldn't it? And thus my lifelong journey to try to get out of the filth and to a forest where I could live, where I could breathe, where I could experience the habitat, and then only to be faced with the fact that highly toxic elements were being dumped on everything, the entire planet, from the skies above. And again, the population completely oblivious. No matter how much effort has been made to wake them up, they seem to want to remain oblivious. In Northern California alone, geoengineeringwatch.org has spent well over six figures putting color-glossy two-sided flyers into newspapers, literally hundreds of thousands of copies, holding free events, free materials for so many years. And even now, so many are simply arranging deck chairs on the Titanic, pretending that the whole ship isn't going down. When will that change? About the heat in California and the heat warning, it wasn't rare, it was non-existent in decades past. Now they call it rare because if people think it happened at some distant point in the past, nothing to worry about, just part of a cyclical pattern, there's nothing cyclical or natural about what's going on. Again, this, this example I've given, if you find a body in the street that's been shot, beaten, run over, stabbed, burnt, and everything else you could do to a body, and then you try to claim that body died of a heart attack or that individual died of a heart attack, you'd have a very hard time making that argument in court, wouldn't you? And that's exactly what's happening. We have decimated our planet and the worst form of all is the climate intervention insanity. As I've made mention of on many occasions, this thermal buildup is affecting absolutely everything. The sun goes down in Northern California now, and so often the temperatures don't. Last week, well after dark in Redding, California, it was still 80 degrees in the middle of winter, and no one's alarmed. How can that possibly be? How bad does it have to get? We had temperatures last summer on the east side of Lake Shasta in the forest of 95 degrees at midnight. What will it be this year? 100? 105? What people don't understand is you can't shut down this runaway train. The only chance we have is to leave the planet alone, try to help it in any way we can, and let it respond to the damage we've already done to it. But on the current course... The thermal buildup will not stop until this planet looks like Venus. We're in completely uncharted territory. The buildup of heat in the waterways, for example, in the trout stream that once existed in the habitat around my home, a stream that originates in this habitat zone, no trout left. When I first moved here, there was no algae in that stream any time of year. Then it started late in the fall. And as the years went... It got earlier and earlier and earlier, this algae buildup that chokes off the oxygen in the stream. It's because of the contaminants coming down in the precipitation and also the thermal energy buildup, the heat buildup. Now, there's algae in that stream started in November of last year and getting worse with each passing month, and there's no fish left. That's a given. And the trees that died first in this habitat land, which were the most spectacular dug firs in the whole area here, were the trees that had their feet in that water. And that's where the greatest contamination is. That's where the runoff is. And that's where the most aluminum contamination was. And those are the trees that died first. And now we have temperatures going back to last October, some daytime temperatures that were as cold as 30 degrees when they were chemically nucleating everything. And now we're in the middle of winter and it's pushing 90 in Northern California. And the population goes about their business like absolutely nothing is wrong. And I don't care what people think about my attitude or the fact that I am completely distraught about the apathy of populations 
We're about to hit the wall at full velocity. What else would a rational person try to do but to sound the alarm? Where are the rational people? And I know there's many out there, and to them I'm so incredibly grateful, but how many get that glazed look in their eye when you try to bring solid, verifiable data to their attention that they don't want to hear, they get that glazed look in their eye, you know you just lost them, they perhaps accuse you of being a pessimist, and they walk away. And those are the actions of people who do not have the courage to face the truth, and there are far too many in the ranks of the human race, I'm so sad to say. But through it all, the cancer of the matrix will do its best to continue to be a cancer. Wait and see. On that note, from Reuters, U.S. carbon pipeline proposals trigger backlash over potential land seizures. From that report, a flurry of proposed carbon pipelines in the U.S. Midwest has triggered a battle over whether companies behind the project should be allowed to seize land from unwilling property owners to secure a route. The cancer will try to survive until there's nothing left. That's what a cancer does. With all that in mind, what are the clinically insane global controllers up to? As should be expected, this new headline report. A new, highly virulent HIV variant was just discovered in Europe. What new forms of pathogen will keep popping up anywhere and everywhere? It may somehow serve the controllers. Now consider this next headline from eand.co listen to me as i get through this because it will sound like it's going a different direction than it is at first this is what a civilization ending feels like this report states it says something seems to be driving people insane these days unhinged the world seems out of control they say because well the people in it many of them seem to have lost their minds I'm speaking, the author says, of course, of the anti-maskers and the conspiracy theorists. He then states, we are drowning in an extreme level of crazy. If that isn't the pot calling the kettle black. We're not allowed to question anything. If you question the official anything, you are labeled instantly by this type of individual that penned this report as a conspiracy theorist, as if there's never been such a thing. The planet is... Drowning in conspiracy theorists, those who band together behind the curtain to serve their own agendas. Anyone who thinks otherwise is living in an alternate reality. So we have this kind of author and this kind of source that is simply pushing their program on the population, dishing up their Kool-Aid. Jonestown on planet Earth combined with the mentality of Easter Island. Cut down all the trees to roll around your statues until you have nothing left and no food to eat. And then cannibalism ensues. And that's exactly the road we are on. Speaking of the road, watch the movie The Road. And you'll get some idea of what's coming. A reality that will make Mad Max look like a holiday vacation. More biosphere collapse headlines. From last week, early taste of spring headed for West Coast this week. Is it an early taste of spring when it's 95 degrees and things are burning to the ground? Is that spring? Reports say it's an early spring or even summer teaser will be coming soon for the western third of the United States. As temperatures rise above normal this week, it's not just a little above normal. When they engineer a cool down, they say things like deadly cold. But when it's heat warnings, they say temperatures will be a little above normal in the middle of winter, pushing 100 in Southern California, they're going to be in the mid-90s, according to some reports. They say flirting with daily records. While this may be good news for warm weather lovers, poor air quality and higher fire risk are unfortunately forecast to come along for the ride, and that's already happening. And again, the high-pressure heat dome, engineered high-pressure heat dome with ground-based transmitters that can and are heating the atmosphere. This is part of climate engineering operations. This is recognized technology. Please watch the film Holes in Heaven and learn more about, for example, what HARP is and what it can do. It's an ionosphere heater. Core part of climate engineering operations and the, quote, ridiculously resilient ridge that's being parked yet again over the U.S. West Coast, frying the West to help keep the East cool while we have rain in northern parts of the U.S. and even on the north side of the Canadian border, U.S.-Canadian border, and we have snow just being cleaned up along the Gulf Coast. How clear is it that the climate is being radically interfered with? How clear is that at this point? And if it's not clear, why isn't it clear? 
This report states the high pressure over Northern California, I just mentioned what that's all about, and Oregon will result in little airflow and increased air stagnation and poor air quality this week. The particulates settle right down on us, and they are absolutely dispersing in our skies every single day. This hazy, filthy aircraft disperse particles that, again, God knows what it contains besides what we already know, which we now know includes graphene. And this report, uh, as the high-pressure dome was stated by AccuWeather senior meteorologist Carl Erickson. Maybe Carl should get a link of the dimming sent to him and asked why he is helping to cover the tracks of the climate engineers. The report from AccuWeather continues. In fact, the National Weather Service of Portland, Oregon, has already issued an air stagnation advisory. This is in the middle of winter through Monday, warning residents of high pollution and asking them to refrain from outdoor burning. What about the aircraft and what they're dumping? What about the world's most recognized geoengineers like Dr. David Keith from Harvard, who stated on the record his objective of putting 10 to 20 million tons of aluminum nanoparticulates into the atmosphere annually. Now we know we have graphene in that mix as well. The AccuWeather long-range team, this report states, predicts strong and gusty offshore winds across California will continue into next week, keeping conditions relatively toasty for Valentine's Day and beyond. Again, this is the scheduled weather. Raytheon does all the weather modeling for the National Weather Service and NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Both agencies have an illegal federal gag order on them. What will it take to wake the public up? We are living in a real-life Truman Show. But not to worry. According to AccuWeather's scheduled weather script posted by AccuWeather on Wednesday of last week, snow is again scheduled for Redding, California, which is less than 1,000 foot elevation, on March 6th and 8th. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So we're pushing 90 here in the middle of February, and it's supposed to snow again next month. And they show this snow happening at temperatures of 60 degrees. It's called chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Look at the photos, look at the data, look at the patents. You'll be shocked at what you had no idea was going on. So let's recap. The Northern California summer was scorchingly hot. Wildfires incinerating record amounts of acreage. Some nights, again, in my location on the east side of Lake Shasta, temperatures at midnight as high as 95 degrees, clear into early September. And by October, some of the daytime temperatures were in the 30s. And that's all thanks to the climate engineering cabal and their patented chemical ice nucleating brew that we were being bombarded with. And the freezing fog all day long with a constant parade of jets heard above the freezing chemical murk. You can hear that easy from my forested location where there's no traffic. I'm in the middle of the wilderness, or what was the wilderness. Here's a footnote to ponder in regard to the ongoing and expanding climate engineering insanity and CV-19. For those at the top, it's not about profit. It's about retaining power and control on a rapidly dying planet until the last possible moment. The headline from numerous sources, a third of Americans are already facing above average warming. This report states the climate crisis is convulsing the U.S. It is doing so unevenly. Hot spots of extreme warming have emerged in many of America's largest cities. California is in the grip of the most severe drought in 1,200 years. It's actually over 1,400 years, statistically. And scientists say this is fueling the heat seen in many places in the state. But of course, no mention of the rain-blocking, ridiculously resilient ridge that is absolutely a result of ionosphere heater transmissions. Again, please view Holes in Heaven, a documentary film narrated by Martin Sheen. Learn what these weapons of mass destruction, i.e. ionosphere heaters, what they can do. They are using, again, the atmosphere as a physics lab because there's no one to stop them. And if they continue with this process, none of us will be here for much longer. Mathematical, statistical fact. So about the baking of California, search geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes. And you'll see the exact process that's been happening for many years now the clockwise rotating high-pressure dome parked over the U.S. West, spinning the moisture up and over us, being chemically nucleated. It drops back down into portions of the U.S. further east. is combined with moisture from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico and then a, quote, snowstorm, always theatrically named, occurs in the most populated portions of the U.S. along the East Coast. And yet another event like this is planned for the weekend. It's so absurd right now that there's no chance that meteorologists don't know they're lying. They're just reading a script. 
covering the tracks of the climate engineers. So they're going to, again, chemically nucleate a, quote, snowstorm. We know it's in the snow now. We know there's graphene in the snow in addition to aluminum, barium, strontium, polymer fibers. And no one seems to care, no matter how much data they are given. They want to pretend their lives are going to somehow, quote, go back to normal on a dying planet with a power structure that's completely off the rails and clinically insane. Good luck with that. Another headline from KTLA, Southern California. Temperatures are forecast to reach 90s. Again, as Southern California faces heat wave. They call it summer-like weather, which is much more appropriate. In the middle of winter, though, right? That's not so appropriate. Appropriate to label it that, but not appropriate for it to happen. How are things going on the other side of the world? Siberia. It's got to be cold there, right? From the Siberian Times, reporting wildfires in parts of Siberia actually threatening a province in the middle of winter in Siberia. How many acres burnt last summer in Siberia? About 40 million. 40 million. How many Americans know that? No forest, no people. Very simple equation. The forests that are left are dying by the day. If you want to know how the wildfires serve the geoengineering agenda, please search that title, one of our most important reports. Search Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. That exact title. Should be able to find it online. From the bottom of the world, hellish fires tear through Western Australia, threatening homes and lives. Fires burning in Western Australia are said to be some of the most ferocious in the state's history. Again and again and again, every year it's worse. It's going to keep getting worse until there's nothing left if we remain in the current course. Can we change that course? There's only one way to find out, and it will take all of us. New from Scientific American, mountain glaciers have less ice than previously thought. This report states many of the world's glaciers contain significantly less ice than scientists previously estimated. That means, the report states, that some mountain communities that rely on melting ice may run out of fresh water faster, according to the new research. Does it take a team of scientists to tell us this? They now admit, because they can't hide it any longer, that there's much less moisture in these glaciers. The glaciers are much more depleted and diminished than they previously told us. And this may cause communities to run out of ice sooner. How could it not? It's like saying, if you don't have any water, you may not have enough water. Does that make any sense at all? We live in, a, in a, an asylum and we're taught to worship these so-called experts that are all over the board and can't seem to put together a rational conclusion on anything without saying could, may, might when something has already happened. Final excerpt from this report. Glaciers in the Andes Mountains of South America in particular may contain far less ice than previous studies suggested. That means they may shrink faster than... Of course, they're, they're already shrunk. There's no may. There's no could. There's no might. When will these people in academia, the so-called experts, tell us the truth, starting with what's happening in our skies? But wait... What about this recent video report? A headline from PBS. How about this? Why on earth are winters getting worse if the planet is getting warmer? Question mark. From PBS, they state, the northeastern U.S., again, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for now 10 years running, since 2012, because that's the most populated portion of the U.S., and that's where the climate engineers have focused to keep the U.S. population divided and confused on the true state of the climate. But here's PBS trying to explain it to us as some sort of natural result of global warming. What a patent lie this is. They say disruptive snow events tripled in the U.S. Northeast. How long have we said this at geoengineeringwatch.org? In spite of the planet's overall free fall into total meltdown, just after 1998, the warmest year ever recorded to that point, the global climate engineering cabal radically ramped up climate intervention operations, which includes chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations, i.e. engineered surface cooldowns, because they, the controllers, knew that they would be creating ever more extreme weather and temperature whiplash events. Thus, they began to propagate the term climate change instead of global warming. Now we have climate engineering cover-up institutions like the Weather Channel pushing terms like weather weirding. Again, just another term to cover the tracks of the climate engineers and the weather whiplash scenarios they are creating. The PBS report then goes on to mention how dangerous all the additional snow has become for drivers. Yeah, super slick, surfactant-soaked snow, like soap-soaked snow. Surfactants are what makes up soap, and surfactants used as a part of the climate engineering dispersions to help keep the particulates that are being dispersed from coagulating together. 
Surfactants also detected in precipitation and snow by the same scientists that have just confirmed for us that graphene is also in our precipitation and snow. About PBS, so-called public broadcasting, which is actually a propaganda arm of the U.S. government, I recently mentioned on this broadcast the new PBS documentary titled, quote, Arctic Sinkholes. The PBS report pretends that scientists are just beginning to decipher the reasons behind the giant Arctic tundra craters, i.e. rapidly thawing methane deposits that are literally exploding out of the warming permafrost. Seafloor deposits are also blowing out, and they are exponentially larger and have been blowing out for various reasons for decades. Bermuda Triangle, case in point. Methane thawing on the seafloor. Entire fields generally release at the same time, aerating the water like a bottle of champagne. Surface vessels have no buoyancy. They go to the bottom intact. That's what's been happening. Now it's happening on a much larger scale in the Arctic. This methane migrates into the atmosphere. It's covering the planet like a layer of glass. Climate engineering and the effort to mask what's unfolding is making all of it exponentially worse. Question, how is it possible that the climate science community is just now figuring it all out? When geoengineeringwatch.org has been screaming at the top of our lungs about the methane blowouts for the entire length of our existence, nearly a decade and a half, I was pointing out the methane monster for nearly a decade earlier still in lectures I was conducting during that period, going all the way back to the late 90s. How dire is the methane scenario? This new headline from Nature.com. Scientists raise alarm over, quote, dangerously fast growth in atmospheric methane. The report states, as global methane concentrations soar over 1,900 parts per billion, some researchers fear that global warming itself is behind the rapid rise. Methane concentrations in the atmosphere raced past 1,900 parts per million last year, nearly triple the pre-industrial levels according to data just released by the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Scientists say that the grim milestone underscores the importance of a pledge made in last year's COP26. The climate conferences are an absolute joke, a total smoke and mirrors facade to strong-arm nations around the world to cooperate either actively or passively with climate engineering. That's what the climate conferences are about, period. They go on to tell one more lie in this report. They say methane, quote, a greenhouse gas, is at least 28 times as potent as CO2. Blatant understatement. Methane over nearly a 100-year time horizon is 28 times as potent as CO2. Over a 10-year time horizon, methane is about 120 times more potent than CO2, but they won't tell you that because they want you to think that the problem is somewhere just over the horizon. No, no. Again, it's kicking in the front door right now. The Nature.com report then states, quote, a rapid and mysterious uptake in methane occurred around 2007. Mysterious? We knew at geoengineeringwatch.org, we knew what it was and why it was. How come they didn't know? Answer, they did know, but they didn't tell anybody. Just like now, that's some ongoing discussion, for example, with the bees and what's killing the bees. When we have peer-reviewed science study to prove the bees are dying of massive aluminum exposure, now likely graphene exposure as well, the peer-reviewed study states the bees are exhibiting symptoms that resemble Alzheimer's and dementia in a human being because of the massive aluminum exposure. They can't even find their way back to the hive. And no one will talk about this. And I presented this data, this science, to some of the top Northern California beekeepers. Did they do anything? No. Because they simply don't want to change their daily routine. They don't want to face reality. And we have a society full of that kind of people. About the methane that I talk about so often. Why? Because that is at this point, in many ways, the biggest single factor driving our near-term extinction and the insane behavior of the power structure, including the CV-19 scenario, which is a response to the imploding life support systems of planet Earth. To put this into mathematical context, it is believed there is about 1.3 trillion tons of methane in the Arctic alone. That's 250 times more than is already in the atmosphere. As I've stated so many times in this broadcast, and apparently as the climate science community is just now beginning to figure out, that that's enough methane to turn this planet into Venus. And the ongoing climate disruption operations are fueling this process, not mitigating it. If you want to know more about how dire this is, search geoengineeringwatch.org. Geoengineering is fueling Venus Syndrome. 
Yes, it is that bad. But what about the current administration? They're going to fix everything, right? They're going to build back better and with the Green New Deal or whatever the hell else they're doing. How about this from many mainstream sources? Biden approving oil, gas, and drilling permits on public lands faster than Trump. No surprise. More headlines. I've covered some of these before in the past. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Just a different face on the puppet in the White House to try to polarize and divide populations, to infight so that they never even look at the wider horizon while the tidal wave looms over our collective heads. Another headline from NPR, sea level on steroids, record tides flood Washington coastlines. This report states some of the highest tides ever recorded hit Seattle and much of the Washington coast during the first week of January 2022. High tides in Port Townsend, Seattle, and Tacoma were recently nearly two feet higher than forecast. That's a pretty big miss. That's a massive miss. Everything is exponentially worse than we have been officially told by anyone. And for those that have the notion that someone out there somewhere is looking after them, someone in the government, someone in the power structure, good luck with that. Couldn't be further from the truth. Let's dive into a bit more weather warfare. And before I cover the next headline, for the record, consider that the U.S. military began its hurricane manipulation operations in 1947, Project Cirrus. Do you think they stopped since then? No. No chance. Now consider this headline. Hit by second cyclone in two weeks. Madagascar struggles to bring relief. The report states Madagascar, with a population of nearly 30 million, had already been dealing with the aftermath of a previous cyclone, which killed 55 people and displaced 130,000 just two weeks earlier, as well as with drought and food emergencies. 30 million people in Madagascar, already starving, food supplies plummeting further still, drought and deluge scenarios, which is, for the record, the hallmark signature of climate disruption operations. So here's my question. Is there reason to conclude that the global controllers are concerned about overpopulation in Madagascar? If so, could weather warfare be a factor in this equation, which in so many ways is playing out all over the world in various forms? I'll leave that up to the listener to decide for themselves. Next headline has many ramifications. It relates to food, specifically from the oceans and the planet's ability to feed the human population. From AGU.org, that's the American Geophysical Union. Climate change has likely begun to suffocate the world's fisheries. So much not included in that title. I'll get to that. But they state, new research finds the ocean's middle depths, home to many commercially fished species, started losing oxygen at unnatural rates in 2021. There was nothing natural about them losing oxygen in the first place. They say rising temperatures lead to warmer waters, that's true, that can hold less dissolved oxygen, that's true, which creates less circulation between the ocean's layers, that's true, it's called stratification. Humanity is currently changing the metabolic state of the largest ecosystem on the planet with really unknown consequences. No, it's not true. We know the consequences. The consequences is a dead planet. The oceans die, we die. They say unknown consequences for marine ecosystems. How can it be unknown? When they don't have any oxygen, they die. It's called Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, stratified, oxygenless ocean. Canfield Ocean, it's coming. It's happening right now. They say the new findings are deeply concerning and add to the urgency to engage meaningfully in the mitigating climate change methods. By 2080, around 70% of the world's oceans could be suffocating from a lack of oxygen as a result of climate change, potentially impacting marine ecosystems worldwide. Think about this. According to a new science study, they say, potentially impacting marine ecosystems. Again, we're back to the, if you leap in front of a speeding semi, you could possibly may might be hurt. How ludicrous is this? And in regard to the lack of oxygen in the oceans, the climate engineers with solar radiation management operations are spraying elements over the oceans that are also utilized for what's called ocean fertilization to force the ocean to uptake more CO2 from the atmosphere to try to mask the true severity of greenhouse gas buildup. And what does that do to the ocean? It creates a massive dead zone, an oxygenless zone in the ocean. None of this mentioned. The entire so-called climate science community pretending climate engineering is just a proposal that's going to save us from ourselves someday. Total asylum. At this point, I'm absolutely numb to it all. 
the behavior of our species, so many in our species, that our societies are trained to not question the so-called experts, are simply doing the bidding of the cancer that's in control of the planet. That's all. In so many cases. Here's another case in point. Another piece of the puzzle from the bulletin.org. That's the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. Consider this current headline. U.S. defense to its workforce, quote, nuclear war can be won. The report states, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev once said that a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought, in quote. And five major nuclear weapon states, including the United States, repeated this statement earlier this year. Yet, many in the U.S. defense establishment, the military, the government, and their think tanks, and industry promote the perception that a nuclear war can be won. Think about that. A nuclear war can be won. So say the clinically insane that run the asylum. And for the record, we don't even need a nuclear war. Nuclear power plants all over the globe will soon enough descend into total meltdown scenarios as societal collapse progresses. And that's not an if. It's already happening. Leaving no one to manage facilities that take decades to shut down in order to avoid an instant China syndrome meltdown scenario. And then there is the rapidly rising seas that will soon inundate nuclear facilities that the so-called experts built at sea level, the former sea level, that they had to know would change. And back to climate disruption operations and the crumbling ozone layer they have created, now Earth is more exposed than ever to CMEs, coronal mass ejections i.e. solar flares. A major CME like the Carrington event of the 1800s would shut down grids all over the world. The nuke plants can't cool themselves. And again, we have Fukushima times several hundred game over. And the disintegrating ozone layer also, referring back to the earlier Dying Oceans article, the disintegrating ozone layer is frying plankton that have to feed in the upper layers of the water column because they photosynthesize. So from every conceivable direction, Climate engineering operations are pounding the nails into our collective coffins, and we have a society that wants to walk around looking at their iPhones or looking at football games and drinking beer and pretending none of it's going on because that's what they've been trained to accept. And anybody who tries to point this out to them is called a conspiracy theorist. How does one not at some point come to the conclusion that perhaps the human race will soon get what it seems to want? Near-term self-extermination. So what now? Do we sit down and give up? And how many times I've heard that, and from how many individuals? The answer is no. Giving up is never an option. We don't have that right, no matter how dark the horizon is. If your child was trapped in a burning building and you knew you had almost no chance of saving them, would you not try? The former paradigm is over and it's not coming back, nor should it. If any intelligent life form was observing the behavior of our species, would they come to our rescue? Or more logically, would they conclude that based on the behavior of the human race, taken as a whole, and I know there are exceptions and I salute those exceptions, perhaps they, the outside intelligent life form observing us, would conclude we, the human race, are not yet capable of avoiding our own near-term self-extermination. Against all odds, we can yet make a difference collectively. We may yet have allies that we are not yet aware of. Who can say with certainty about that? But whatever the case, doing our best to do our best, regardless of the odds, is our obligation to the whole, to the web of life, to creation, or what's left of it. It is absolutely essential to prioritize, to deal with the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat first. If the boat can be kept afloat, other challenges can then be addressed. Those that are orchestrating the insanity and those participating in it must be exposed and held legally and morally accountable. If populations around the world discover what's been done to them without their knowledge or their consent, it will cause a shockwave around the world. One can only imagine that such populations, justifiably outraged, would take to the streets with their proverbial pitchforks and torches to find anyone and everyone involved with many forms of insanity and the cover-up of that insanity. The planet's remaining life support systems must be guarded. That effort will take all of us. And such an effort will be pointless if the vast majority continue to cling to the loot, plunder, pillage, pollute, and proliferate scenario until nothing is left. 
The single most destructive human activity of all is occurring in our skies. Climate disruption operations, i.e. geoengineering, climate engineering, solar radiation management, cloud albedo enhancement, whatever label the so-called climate science community wants to put on it. And what else are they spraying? Covered that at the beginning of this broadcast. And for the record, graphene is also used again as a biological carrier, i.e. to deliver pathogens through the air column. While considering that, this reminder of what the world's second most recognized climate engineer has stated on the record, that one of his tasks while working for the U.S. military, I've stated this many times in this broadcast, but for those that haven't heard it, Dr. Ken Caldera, one of his tasks working for the U.S. military was to design ways of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. Ken Caldera now works for Bill Gates. Again, I've been over and over this equation on this broadcast. It's up to all of us to bring this to light, to investigate and become familiar with the building block factors that are foundational to the immense challenges that are about to befall us all. If by our collective efforts we can expose the climate engineering insanity, then we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. To learn why, search the Geoengineering Watch article by the same title. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.